Hey, welcome everyone to the Work From Home Show, where we talk with leading companies about strategies for working remotely. I'm Nikki Weisgarber, your host, and today I'm joined by founder and CEO of LeadX, Kevin Cruz. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, Nikki. Thanks for having me on the, the, uh, the show. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, participating. I'm excited to have a conversation today and and uh, learn more about uh, you know your expertise in remote, working remotely, employee engagement, everything along those lines. Cool. Um, and before we kind of get started into the the guts of the uh, conversation, why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, LeadX? Yeah. So um, LeadX, I started three years ago. So I've got about thirty years uh, in the human capital management leadership e learning space. And uh, when I sold my previous company, I took a bunch of years off to raise my kids and to write some books and things. Um, but when I heard about how artificial intelligence was starting to be used for things like uh, mental health and, and therapy, I thought, huh, you know, how can we use that technology uh, to help leaders be better leaders? Like, you know, how can we create uh, executive coaches instead of mental health coaches and, and, and therapists? And so three years ago, I decided to you know, do another startup and put the team back together again. And um, we've been off to the races. I mean, we've got this crazy idea that we're going to spark the next 100 million leaders around the world. That's a big number. And we would have no chance of doing that just through books or speeches or even e-learning or videos. But we might have a shot if we can you know, create like a leadership coach release her out on the internet and over 10 years, you know, maybe we'll make an impact on hundred you know, hundred million people's lives. Nice. So, you know, with this, uh, this AI coach that you, um, you know, put out to the world, you've recently uh, worked with uh, IBM Watson, which is uh, IBM's questioning and answering computer system. So you worked with them to support them on their principles on, on leading remote workers and work from home team productivity. Can you dive a little bit deeper into this project and kind of how it all started uh, with IBM sure. specifically? Well, yeah. So, I mean, IBM Watson, uh, we've been working with them uh, as our AI engine for three years now. So, LeadX with Coach Amanda. Coach Amanda is just the personification of, of the coach. <laughs> <laughs> and so, three years ago, we started using the Watson pl uh, platform to drive it. And you know, th there, there is a chatbot component to it. What we're more interested in is in replicating the coaching process. You know, a human executive coach is going to assess their client, give some kind of assessment and help them with their action plan, provide resources, talk to them, of course. And so we're using IBM Watson in several steps in that process. And so we had already trained um, Watson and Coach Amanda knows about traditional leadership and management topics, you know, how to hold people accountable, employee engagement, recognition, feedback, um, uh, innovation, uh, diversity, all the normal topics. So when COVID-19 hit and it, we all of a sudden very quickly saw the world was moving to, you know, forced work from home, um, we realized that that is going to be the topic that we could help the most people with in the short term. So we, uh, you know, got subject matter experts uh, and looked at, you know, how do you, how do you lead remote team members? Um, how do you optimize your work from home productivity? Um, how do you increase resilience for yourself and for your team? And so those topics kind of working from home, resilience, leading remote workers, we quickly created 
um, you know, behavioral nudges, action plans, dialogue, um, assessments, and you know, power still powered by IBM Watson in the background, so that now Coach Amanda still knows and can offer all those other things, but has more information that's relevant, you know, in the in the right now. And so Coach Amanda is, is just gaining the insights right now or how, how, like, how are you, I guess I, I just need to understand how this is working because this is actually blowing my mind. Yeah. So she's just collecting this information and then just like, how does she distribute it or how is it distributed? Right. Well, so it's uh, LeadX with Coach Amanda is an app. So you, anybody can actually download it from, from the app store, you know, uh, as an individual, but of course we're working with companies to deploy it to all of their managers. Mm -hmm. And so when you open it up, you know, the first thing the, the coach experience is going to do is going to ask, is going to get offer you a personality um, uh, assessment, which I know we might might be talking about in a few minutes, um, can offer you a resiliency assessment, a growth mindset assessment. So just like a human coach, you know, you're going to be offered these assessments. Now Coach Amanda knows a lot about you, knows what makes you tick, and will automatically suggest content and topics and action plans that you can adopt. Once you, let's say you wanna get better at leading remote workers as you know, a very timely thing. Well then Coach Amanda is gonna send you one thing to like on your phone, it'll be like a text message. You know, like one thing to do each week to get better as a, as a remote worker. Um, if you said like, oh, I'm gonna do this action plan and I've got this one thing I'm gonna do this week to get better on this topic, she'll check in with you like on a Thursday and say, you know, hey, Nikki, it's Amanda here. Did you get a chance to do that thing you were going to do? If so, give me your takeaway, your reflection activity. If not, what got in the way of your progress? And so, and then you write back to Coach Amanda in the little chat bot. It goes into your coaching journal and she keeps you, she's like your accountability buddy to keep you on track with that action plan and to also then recommend book summaries, micro learning videos, webinars um, in that area to get you stronger. So, She'll help you with the assessment, help you with the action plan, send you these nudges to keep you on track. And then kind of like, it's kind of like a Netflix menu. She'll put the things that she thinks you're going to be, you know, that you most need, that you're most interested in at the, your top picks. So if you want to do these like micro learning activities, you can do those as well. Interesting. Hmm. So it's like your own side accountability coach, as opposed to having your, your leader, like that's right. my that's leader, right. Tom, be on me all the time, right? <laughs> Tom can take a break. You're going to yeah. have someone else making sure there, you do what you need to do. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, you did mention, um, you know, the, the executive coach includes like a personality, personality diagnosis. Right. Um, so how does that personality uh, diagnosis link to work from home productivity? Yes. So uh, personality is, is so, and self-awareness of your personality is so key, even in regular circumstances. Our behaviors are primarily driven based on our personality. Leadership's based on personality. And so now, Coach Amanda, there's a lot, a lot of people will know simpler models like DISC, where you're, you know, you're a D or a C or uh, Insights Discovery, I'm Fiery Red or something like very simple models. The actual personality assessment that like psychologists use, um, it's called the five-factor model. There's five major personality traits or domains that most people have agreed on. So one's called openness. You know, do I like to learn new things or am I more of a traditionalist? Conscientiousness, which is kind of like how detail-oriented and also how much grit I have. 
um, organization or not? Am I more like crazy big mm -hmm. picture thinker, not so good with details? Am I an extrovert or introvert? That's the third one. Agreeableness is like, do I care more about relationships or truth? And then the fifth one's negative emotion, meaning how much we feel stress. So four of those five are directly related to our experiences working from home. And so for example, if you're high in openness and you've been told, hey, Nikki, you gotta go home, work from home, and you're gonna learn this thing called Zoom, and we're gonna start checking in with each other on Slack, and we're gonna do this new stuff. Here's a new laptop you gotta learn. You, I mean, it might, <laughs> might be a little tough, but you're kinda like, oh cool, I'm having fun, I'm learning new things, I'm advancing my skills. If I'm a traditionalist, my personality traits the opposite of that, and I like things to stay the same, I'm really gonna struggle learning new tools, learning new processes. So if I know that about myself, I'll know kind of how to adjust or put extra time into it. And if I know, like if I'm your manager and I know you're gonna have fun with it or I know you're gonna struggle, I can you know, help you depending on, on what the case may be. Conscientiousness, similar things. If I'm highly conscientious, it's not actually gonna be that hard to stay focused at home, organized, make progress. But if my natural order is to be low in conscientiousness, then I'm gonna struggle more at home. I don't have the support systems and the normal routines of the office. Um, introvert, extrovert, that's an obvious one, right? So if I'm an extrovert, I get my energy by being in the office and high-fiving people down the hallway and you know, having a good old time. Um, I'll struggle at work from home, work, working alone. If I'm an introvert, which I am, working from home is kind of how I prefer to work. <laughs> and so, and the last one, of course, is that negative emotion. We all feel, we're all going through a similar experience. We're all going through the same crisis. Some people are naturally like, just not that bothered by it. And others are, oh my gosh, like the sky is falling. And so the more we understand our own five personality traits, the more we can adjust and be like, oh wow, I know I'm not very organized. So what can I do to make sure I don't drop the ball in this work from home environment. Or as managers, if we're managing teams who are remote, you know, who are the ones that are the extroverts? Who are the ones that are the introverts? Which of, of my team members um, are gonna kind of experience stress more than others? So it helps us both for our, our own management and how we lead our team members remotely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's 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 good to be um, self aware of your personality trait, but it's equally important to understand the personalities of the teams that you're working with or your team directly that you're you're working with, so that you can uh, you can't lead them if you don't really know uh, where they are, kind of on the spectrum there. That's right. That's um, right. so we, I, I took Sandler and Sandler of course does that personality trait and we do the disc or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they really get you to think about, be self-aware of, of who you are, where you kind of fall on that, on that disc, but also try to pick out where your teammates and where right. the team that you lead fall on there and how you would communicate differently with those individuals, knowing what you know now. So it was kind so of- Nikki, I gotta ask though, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Do you remember what your disc result was? Yeah, so I'm actually, um, I'm a DC. A DC, okay, yeah. I'm a CD. So oh, no. we're just, uh, we would get along well on the same team. We're very yes, close. Yes, we would. Close <laughs> That's cool. Awesome. So uh, would Coach Amanda, like uh, if I'm looking for high fives and uh, <laughs> a cheerleader throughout the day? <laughs> well, she will remind you of your, of your D strength. There you go. And, um, and how to lean into it and take yeah. advantage of it. That's for yeah. sure. Good, good.
Okay. So, you know, we talked about this just kind of before the call had started and you mentioned that you, you know, LeadX is a remote first company right. um, and that the companies that you've started in the past have also, you know, been remote. Um, what would you say is still some of the challenges or the challenge that you're facing with remote working? Yeah, I think, um, you know, even in, in the, the best of times, the ones that, that you know, we, we've always struggled, like we remote work has been great. And even 30 years ago, when it was like unheard of, I used to tell people like, listen, if you can get your job done while you're on a beach in, in South Florida drinking a cocktail, fine. It's about the results. It's not about where or when or, or how. The time spent, yeah. The time spent. Um, but I will say that if, you're, if your remote team members are in different time zones, that does add complexity. And the further away, so like my partner, my chief technology officer, He's in California. I'm on the East coast of the U S in Philadelphia. So it's only three hours, but even there, like, okay, it kind of, if you want to be respectful of like not meeting too early or late, then it's reduced the, the overlap. Um, when we have clients or workers who are in Europe or further away, it like, that is just an, it, it's not that it's, you shouldn't do remote work, but like time zone is just one that's going to be tough, right? Yeah. The further away, the harder that's going to be. Um, I think what I am always coaching my own team members on is when you're working from home, if you've got a remote first environment, then it's more important than ever before to do written communication well, because so much more of how you're communicating, whether it's email, Slack, some other project management system. And I do have some team members who I'm ha always having to remind them like, okay, Katrina, write in complete sentences. When, you, when I ask you three questions and you say yes, I'm not exactly sure which one you're referring to. So like, we need to be precise. Um, what's difficult now uh, that is different than normal times is even everybody who was an all-star at working from home that was before their spouse was also working from home. Their kids are running around in the background. And so this is not normal working from home experiences. And so even if you, hey, I'm, I know Zoom and I'm focused, I don't get distracted. It's different if you've got small kids who you're also trying to do daycare and make sure they're doing their schooling and feeding them and answering their questions. So we're all more distracted, um, uh, you know, stressed with, with extra stuff going on. And early on, the very first week, I mean, I told my own team members, I don't expect you to be as productive as you were a week ago, even though we were all already working from home. Mm -hmm. I said, but pick like your most important thing and just like make progress on it each day, right? Like know what the most important thing is, put in a good day. Again, it doesn't really matter if that's three hours or eight hours. I know, you know, you're juggling a lot in the background. Let's just do the best, best we can. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the, um, you know, strategies we put in place at Kudos was, um, you know, you may have some big projects on the go um, and you may have these big visions, but right now those big visions might seem like they're further away and it's probably because they are. So to get those small wins throughout the day, try to break up that project into smaller tasks that you can cross off at the end of the day. And then you're kind of feeling like you're accomplishing something. So I know that that works for me because I'm very much like a, you know, create a list and cross it off the list. And I'm like, yes, I accomplished something. Um, so that, that to me really helps get 
kind of get me through and make me feel like I'm actually making progress during this time. I as well have two children at home. So (laughs) that's the DC nature in you. The C, I want to make a list. The D is I'm driver. I got to see forward progress. I got to see progress. I got to see progress. And, um, and you're right. Like, I think, unfortunately, what I am hearing a lot of people talk about is like, this is the lost year. And I've got two kids who are, who are in college and like one's graduating into this environment and had her job things go away. Another one had internships. It's going away. And look, it's not going to be a lost year, but I mean, like you said, even if it's not lost, it's going to be slower. Mm-hmm. And so if we can, first of all, be gentle with ourselves, be understanding, and then give ourselves these smaller milestones. I think that's a, that's great advice. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. So you, you know, you, I read a, an article you wrote uh, for For- Forbes um, on managing remote employees. Uh, your number one tip was uh, to get three agreements. Let's talk about those three agreements. Yeah. So I think this is uh, again, for any remote team, if you can get this right, almost everything else can fall into place. And the, the first agreement is just sort of an agreement on like, when is the work day? And it doesn't have to be the same eight hours. So it could be, again, everybody can decide their own, like, hey, we're all going to agree that from nine to five, that is our work day, even though we're all from home. So we know that we're around. Again, I think part of working from home, if you have multiple time zones or it's work from home and you're trying to give people that flexibility, hey, Kevin's an early riser and he might want to start working at seven in the morning, but not work so late. Nikki's like, hey, I don't want to start working till 10, but I'd rather keep working into the evening. That's a benefit. Like let people maximize their productivity time, but you want to agree on the overlap. So whether it's nine to five or like, hey, you know, from 10 to 12, we'll all agree to kind of be working. And then again, from one to three or one to four, get that agreement of when's everyone kind of around at the same uh, time. The second agreement is what's the expectation of how long it's gonna take to get back to each other. And usually it's um, like, we will feel far apart if I've got a question, I email it to you and you don't respond until tomorrow. Now in my time, it's like, whoa, that's this this working far apart's hard. I can't just walk down the hall and ask her. And how do I know she's working? Maybe she's goofing off, blah, blah, blah. All this weird stuff comes into place. If we agree like, oh, we will get back to each other in an hour, in five minutes, by the end of the day, in three hours, whatever the answer is, we just all need to be on the same page. And generally, like on at LeadX, we kind of know that the, the channel influences that as well. So, you know, we're, we're, we have a messaging system. If I message someone, I don't expect they're sitting there monitoring the message, but I kind of think, well, they might be away for an hour doing something, going for a jog, at the gym, eating lunch. But if they haven't responded in two or three hours, that's a little weird. So like the internal messaging platform is kind of a fast, you know, within a few hours. If I send someone an email, we don't really use email. So that's just sort of like an FYI. Um, I never call people on the phone. <laughs> so if I actually call you, you'd probably be like, okay, I, if, and if I'm not on the phone with a customer right now, I need to call Kevin back because yeah. he's only done that once in the last three years. You know, this, the house is on fire or something. So Again, to each their own, but to have that agreement on, on how, how long. And the final agreement is just like, hey, if I'm not going to be around in those agreed upon hours, if I'm not going to get back to you within the agreed upon time, how do I tell you that? Is it 
just let the boss know? Is it uh, we have a shared calendar? Is it I'm going to just email everybody? Hey guys, I'm going to be out this afternoon. Sorry. You know, so that's it. It's kind of like, when, when are the shared hours? How long to get back in touch with each other? And if we can't uh, abide by that, how are we going to let, let the team members know? And that's kind of it. Yeah. So those three agreements I think are great. And it's really all about communication too, right? In all encompassing, yes. just communicate and those make sure those expectations are communicated and everybody agrees upon those uh, expectations. Yeah, you absolutely. did mention, you did mention, uh, you know, there's the potential that, um, my doorbell just rang. <laughs> One of the joys of the One new. One of the joys. Right. <laughs> um, you mentioned, um, you know, uh, goofing off. So, yeah. you know, managers uh, and leaders might have this this fear that their their team is goofing off or doing something they, you know, they should be working instead of right. goofing off. Um, but you mentioned that the real danger is that they're probably working too much. Yeah, that's right. I think weak, weak managers who don't, manage results, you know, they don't like people working from home because they can't see them. And it's crazy. Cause like, if I see you in the office, it doesn't mean you're not playing, you know, a game on your phone, you know, in your office anyway. Um, I think the real danger, like if you've hired good people and you're clear on what the objectives are, the danger isn't that people aren't going to work hard or, or be responsible. It's that they're going to, they're, they're at risk of burnout. I mean, mm -hmm. now when we're all working from home, it's so easy to just start working when you wake up. Mm -hmm. You know, usually people have the commute as the bookends. You know, I wake up when I wake up, I shower, work out, whatever it is, and then I'm like commuting in, that starts my day, and then I'm commuting out, that's the end of my day. I know the beginning and the end. I might check email at night, but it's not that much. Without these bookends of commute, it's really easy to just roll out of bed, start answering emails, get lost in all your to-dos. Next thing you know, you're still in pajamas, it's 11 o'clock okay, take care of the kids or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then you push through, you know, right into dinner or beyond. Um, with all the people talking about the days blurring together, I think people are working on the weekends more than they normally would because every day is kind of the, the same. So I think I always counsel, um, rem, you know, people who are leading remote teams, you're going to measure objectives and goals, hopefully like you always were, but you need to be like setting the example of not messaging before a reasonable hour in the morning, not messaging or emailing after a certain hour mm -hmm. um, and asking people how they're doing. Are they taking, especially now when we're also stressed out and everything, like let's take care of some mental health so people aren't burning out and, and hurting us over the, the long haul. Yeah, no burnout. It, that's been coming up a lot in in my conversations uh, with my guests. Is is the burnout piece? Because my husband and I were talking about this last night <laughs> just before we fell asleep. But we're like, you know, the days are going by so fast, and it's because they are all blurring together. Yeah. And you know, I do wake up and I start working in my pajamas before even yeah. I brush my teeth. Um, and I promised myself two weeks ago that I wouldn't do that anymore, but I still did that this morning. So <laughs> Tom's um, very, very happy of, about your productivity, yeah. but Tom, we don't want Nikki to burn out. Yeah. I told, I actually gave it to him this morning. I'm like, Tom, I am really grumpy this morning. I, I feel like I'm working too much. And he's like, okay, then don't work so much. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just, you know, the days just blur together and they go by so fast. And so I think people just need to take that step back and just, yeah. if you're not self-aware, just start setting boundaries for yourself. That's right. Yeah. 
Um, so you've also written, in addition to the Forbes articles that you've written, uh, <laughs> uh, several books on, on employee engagement. So what processes or practices can organizations and or leaders employ to help build culture and employee engagement during this remote working time? Yeah, and I don't want to simplify it too much, but like all the research that's out there, all the different employee engagement companies that are out there, I mean, the big things that, that engage people, it's like growth, recognition, trust, and communication. You know, growth, we all want to be learning and advancing. Recognition, of course, uh, you guys know it even better than I do. We all want to feel appreciated at work. Um, trust is about um, uh, not just like, hey, they're not robbing from me, but like I, I trust that my, my leadership, you know, cares about me. I trust they've got a good plan for the future. It's like a future confidence. And then communication, of course, is, is two-way communication, not just one-way communication. Mm -hmm. And so those still apply, whether people are sitting down the hall from you or whether we're all in work from home. And so again, one of the keys to remote leadership is just thinking about these kinds of triggers. We don't have time to go into to a lot of them. But um, you know, as an example, you know, recognition, certainly you want to still give verbal and or, you know, written recognition the way you would. But I mean, this is a perfect time to be doing things like a kudos type platform where if you were ever thinking in the past, like, well, you know, I just, I just give them that high five in the hallway. I just give them a shout out. We don't need, we don't need to do that. Well, we're not physically there. And with everything going on, it's hard to put the, the recognition into place. If you, you want a system, you want a system, you want to institutionalize and you want it to be peer-based, not just like manager or company-based. Um, and so, I mean, this is a perfect time to actually be looking at or rolling out some way to facilitate, take the friction out of that recognition experience. And similarly, you know, a, a key part of trust is caring. You know, if, if I think Nikki doesn't care about me, I'm not going to trust that she's going to do the right thing. If I know she cares about me, then I kind of trust that whatever decision she makes is good. It's a good decision. And so, you know, how do we build that caring when we're not in the same office again? And, you know, kudos and, and other platforms, think about ways like how can you share photos of your coworkers who happen to be cats and dogs, you know, right now? How can you set up these, you know, separate uh, book clubs and special interest groups? How can we, you know, facilitate these social connections that will, you know, uh, increase the caring, which increase trust? So, I mean, not to go too deep into that, but it's the same kind of things, but we now have to be mindful, like, how are we going to foster it in a remote environment? What are the tools we can use to foster it like that? Yeah, absolutely. And this is coming back to the caring piece. Um, I think as long as you're being authentic too, um, that I think that is um, authentic is a big part of my leadership skills for sure. Like that's, I, I want to be authentic in the most way that I can, because then I feel that my team trusts me because I'm being true and authentic and you know, there's sometimes I don't know the answers to certain questions. And I will say, I don't know the answer to that, but let me figure it out. And, you know, whatever that might be, but just be your true authentic self. Because if you're trying to Great. be fake, people see through that bullshit. So they do. That's they my definitely tip. Do. I'm, yeah, that's excellent on authenticity. I like that. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about, you talked about recognition um, and given the times that we're in and the changing demographics and the workforce. So we're going from you know, we're, we're millennials are coming into the workforce and, and more into leadership roles. And then you have your Z's. 
um, you know, where, where would you place recognition and culture and importance as a strategy for businesses? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's way, way, at, way at the top. So again, I, you know, I, back in, you know, book 10 years ago, you know, we looked at 10 million workers around the world employee engagement. And again, it was like growth, recognition, trust were the top three. Um, and the thing is about, um, about recognition is like, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money or time. Um, growth, it doesn't always have to either, but like it's harder to, I don't know, send people to courses or to say, hey, we're going to promote you next year when you don't know if the company's going to grow and have a position. Recognition can happen in a lot of ways. And so um, uh, I think it's, it's the number one or number two most powerful trigger and it's the easiest trigger to hit. So, I mean, I, I think it's way up at the top of the list. And then how would you help those thousands of HRROs out there to make the business case, you know, for freeing up budgets, not like, especially during this time yeah. where they look at recognition and culture as kind of the, the, the not need to have type of, of item. Yeah. But actually we do think that recognition and culture is at, uh, at the top of the list as well, like you mentioned. So, you know, what advice would you have out there for those uh, CHROs? Well, I think, I think, um, Look, I mean, most companies, at least for a while now, um, because of the economy, are going to probably have to do more with less. There's going to be some budget cuts and, and just fights over every, every dollar. But at the same time, I think it was Josh, the analyst Josh Burson, who wrote that this is going to be the golden age for employee engagement. And I hope he's right. Um, you know, the thinking is like, at a time when everyone's remote, um, and we need people to be more productive than ever. We need people to be resilient and not burn out. We need to keep our best people in tough times. Engagement and culture and leadership is what drives that is, is, sh should be paramount. And so again, I think, you know, recognition, employee engagement, driving leadership development, <laughs> driving positive culture, now is the time. And, and, Unfortunately, like the, the must-have expenses was everyone goes and works from home and big companies are buying all these laptops and Zoom licenses. Okay, you, yes, like you do need that. But if you can find the money for that, you've got to find a way to help engage people while they are remote because it's not going to happen as naturally as, as in the office. Um, a, again, a big part of engagement is confidence in the future. There's not a whole lot of us who really think we know what's going to happen yeah. six months, 12 months, 18 months down the road. And so when that, you know, when that future confidence is dialed down, that's when you need to dial up one of these other drivers like, like recognition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. That kind of leads me into like my next question. Like what are some of the lasting changes to leadership and organizations in general that might come out of this current crisis? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I hope that it's establishing great practices for like a cadence of communication. Um, again, to each their own, you know, at LeadX, for me, Mondays are for meetings. So I do a one-on-one -on -one with each of my direct reports every Monday. So I get that one-on-one -on -one time, again, builds relationships, keeps us aligned. There's a weekly action review, a team huddle at the end of Monday. So that gets the team aligned. But then, you know, there's other daily, you know, end of day check-ins. These are all practices that should stay in place, whether I'm remote or in an office. And I just think like managers are going to develop much better skills 
for driving communication, culture, et cetera. So I just hope they stick when, when things go back to normal. Yeah, I agree with that as well. It's, it's about you know, the initiatives that, you're ha that are happening now. How do these translate on the other side of this crisis? Right. Um, and hopefully they do transition over a lot of initiatives that I've heard over the, you know, the uh, conversations I've had with my guests on these podcasts. They're great initiatives. And um, I, hope, I hope that they translate over on the other side of this crisis yeah. for sure. Um, so kind of before we lead into the wrap-up questions that I've prepared, uh, do you have any takeaways or, um, you know, last pieces of advice that you'd like to leave with the audience today? I, I mean, we covered a lot of ground. I mean, I, I think just, just re-emphasizing, I mean, um, let's not waste this crisis. You know, like I, as leaders, um, I think, you know, for the next 10 years, if we're being interviewed for a promotion or a job in a new organization, I mean, one of the questions is going to be, how did you lead your team during, you know, COVID-19? I mean, it's just going to be a go-to question. And so we're all being tested. You know, let's make this our, our testament to great leadership. Let's, let's, let's give back to our teams and our organizations the best we have and say like, People will remember how you led during this year. They're going to remember it. It's going to be part of your brand, part of your reputation. So I just think like, let's give it our best right now. Love it. I love it. I'm really, uh, this is my first time leading a team remotely. <laughs> and I like, I think I took it to the extreme a little bit. Um, but I think this is all about learning too, that everybody's going through this. This is the first time for a lot of us, probably if not all of us. Um, and so uh, it's about what you learn uh, during this process and how you execute on the other end of it as well. That's right. All right. So the wrap up questions, uh, what would be your number one work from home tip? I think just being really clear at the start of the day, like what is your most important task for the day? Write it down on your calendar or on a sticky note and then just, you know, try to stay focused on making progress on that task. Yep. Agreed. And what are you binge watching? <laughs> um, so uh, I guess it's not exactly binge watching because some of these are being released a week at a time. But um, like with my with my teenage son, we're watching The Last Dance, which is about Michael Jordan, the Bulls. Yeah. Little basketball fan, I see. Oh, that. absolutely! Played basketball in university, so it's oh yeah. awesome. And during that time period, I was 16, 17 years old, and so I was just you know scouts were looking at me, again, you know um, the university coaches were looking at me, and so I was. Michael Jordan and the Bulls is what I looked up to. So. Oh, wow. So you get it when like people, um, I was in China years ago and we were talking basketball and they said, um, oh, when we do a good shot, we say, you're so 23, you're so 23. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. Yeah. Well, it's obviously it's Jordan's <laughs> number. And yeah. I've always remembered like, wow, even in China, they, they, like he's made a, a catchphrase oh, yeah. You know, yeah. over there. But um, yeah, yeah that, that's good. Um, Killing Eve um, is, is another one. Of course, I, you know, Tiger King was great while it lasted. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if, uh, if we weren't going through this uh, physical distancing quarantine period, you know, how, what would Tiger King look like? Do you think anybody <sighs> would have watched it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was definitely the right thing for the right time. And I'm yeah. kind of glad it's gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, and what is a book or a podcast or any, any type of learning resource that you could recommend to the audience uh, to continue, you know, developing leadership skills or just about culture, employee engagement in general? Like, obviously, you've written a few books as well. Sure. Um, but is there anything outside of, you know, what you've written that you'd like to suggest to the audience? Well, I mean, it, it is self-serving, but I've got, you know, the LeadX Leadership Show is a podcast. So if people like podcasts, then um, like we have over 300 episodes and it's not they should, they should listen to it, not because it's me as the host, but we've got Blanchard and Maxwell and just like all the top people on it that you can learn so much from, from that program. And um, anybody can try, you know, LeadX with Coach Amanda, just go to your smartphone store, Android, iOS, and just, you know, download and try it and see if they, they like it. I'm going to do it, actually. I'm going to tell Tom, <laughs> I'm going to download Coach Amanda. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> And then what is one positive thing you've seen since our social distancing started that you want to always remember? Yeah, I, I again, like a lot of, being an introvert and already working from home, a lot of this is the same for me, but what did kind of touch me is like just Friday, this last Friday night, uh, my girlfriend and I had drinks at nine o'clock at night with a couple who we hadn't seen, you know, in person in ages and they've got smaller kids. And so normally every Friday night, it's like, well, their kids are going to bed at eight and they can't get a babysitter and we're not getting home and done working out till eight and who's going to get dressed and go out. And so like, we haven't seen them in years, but it was so easy to say, all right, put your kids in bed. We're going to be ready with drinks in our hand at eight 30 and we'll send you a zoom link. And it wasn't the same. I mean, it's not mm -hmm. exactly the same, but I mean, next thing we know, it's like two hours and I won't say how many drinks later. <laughs> uh, and it was a great Friday night and we really caught up and we felt supported and like we shouldn't lose that when things go back to normal mm -hmm. of like we can still do, you know, Sunday dinners with our remote family members and our siblings even when, you know, it's back to normal. We can still catch up with friends and stuff in this way. Like I think we've really all kind of gotten closer in some way, even though we're physically distant. And I yeah. hope that sticks. Hope yeah, that sticks. I do too. And I think when my husband has set up like a Friday poker game night with all of his buddies and um, I've had some of the hardest laughs on some of these Zoom calls with my friends <laughs> that I've had in years, just be, even being with them, you know, physically together. Like, yeah, I won't get into it, but some of these I've had really good memories during this time for sure. Just connecting with my friends in a different, in a different way. Um, and what's nice too is, you know, I don't have to get a babysitter for the kids and I can wear my pajamas on the Zoom call. That's so right. <laughs> when That's I'm ready to go to bed, I just shut down and hop into bed. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin, I appreciate your time today and your uh, expertise on the call. Thank you so much for joining us. Nikki, thanks for the opportunity and thanks for putting this out there when the, when the world needs it. Absolutely. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in today and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for future episodes. And if you're liking the episodes, give us a five-star rating. But until next time, stay safe, stay connected and stay healthy. Thank you.